Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Today, we're going to talk about dating, which I'm really excited about. We're going to be getting tips and tricks from Christine Baumgartner, dating and relationship expert. Christine works with singles who are ready to finally have a loving partner in their life and are willing to tackle what's been keeping that love away. Her clients say working with her helped them finally attract the committed, loving relationship they were looking for. And she's got an entire system. It's called the Transform Your Dating Life System. It's going to help you clarify what you want and need from a partner so you'll begin choosing dates you'll enjoy going out with, finally feel comfortable and confident in your dating relationships, and learn what's been keeping you from attracting the right type of man or woman so you'll stop wasting your time going out with the wrong types of people, like I have. (laughs) You can go to her website. It's at theperfectcatch.com. And go there to set up a free coaching call with her, which she's offering all of you. And check out her women's only or men's only classes. Welcome, Christine. Well, thank you, Michelle. It's such a pleasure being here. And yes, we've all gone on the wrong kind of dates. But (laughs) how do we know what a right date is if we haven't had some wrong dates, right? Exactly. Exactly. You need those as lessons. (laughs) Uh So we always start these series by, or these episodes rather, by having our guests share their journey. So tell us about your journey towards becoming a dating coach. Okay. It's such an, you know, when you're in the middle of it, it, I had no idea where I was going to end up. But when I look back, I go, oh yeah, they were all like a puzzle. The pieces were just falling together. So I got married when I was just shy of 19, when you think you know everything. And then when I got (laughs) divorced at 31, I discovered I didn't know very much at all, certainly not about (laughs) a relationship. And I really just wanted to get out of the house. And I met someone who I thought, oh, well, I'm missing all these pieces. You know, I'm not good at this and I'm not good at that. And he seems to be good at that. So won't that be wonderful? But what I discovered was that I really was, hadn't developed, and I was still like, like a half a person, and I married somebody who was a half a person because he hadn't fully developed himself. And mm. lo and behold, two half a people does not make a whole person. So surprising. Mm. It just is still two half a people in a relationship. So I got divorced when I was 31, and it was a really interesting place to be because I was now single with no kids and 31. So also when I left my marriage, I had really low self-esteem when I got married and it didn't improve while I was married. So I left knowing I could have passed a lie detector test that I was never going to get asked out. But because I really needed to leave, it was worth it to me. Well, it turned out I was really wrong and I got asked out a lot and I went out Mm -hmm. a lot and it was really fun, and around the same time, I started a, an event planning company, which I owned for 25 years, so I was a party planner. And what was so interesting is my friends would always say, so what do you think of the latest guy that you're dating? And I'd say, oh, he's really nice, but I'd never marry him. And I never gave it any thought, but I'd say that over and over and over. And 
Then, after I'd been single for 20 years, I was busy working, and I really wasn't interested in getting married, but I didn't really think about why I wasn't interested in getting married, and I wasn't really thinking about why I didn't want to marry any of the men I was dating. But a few things happened all at once. I had a friend start using online dating, and she said, oh, it's really fun. You should try. And this is about 15 years ago. And so it was kind of new, and it sounded like fun. And it turned out there were way more men than women, which is so unusual in the single arena. Usually you go somewhere Mm -hmm. and there's three men and 100 women. Well, it was exactly the opposite on online dating. And I decided, you know, I'm getting to be in my 50s, and I want to get married again. So I guess I really should pay attention to who I'm dating since I don't want to get married to any of them. So I started paying (laughs) attention. You know, it's one of those things where like, where has this, you know, it's like the fog finally lifts. (laughs) Yes. Such a crack up. Like, oh, this has been in front of my face all this time, but I wasn't just paying attention. It wasn't a priority. uh, It wasn't. So the, the trait that I noticed that kept showing up was I had a very successful company. I had money in the bank and a retirement. And I thought I was clear in my profile that I wanted a man that was in the same financial place I was. And the men that asked me out, I could vet them and know that they had very high positions and were making quite a bit of money. But pretty quickly, I would learn that they didn't have any money in the bank and often were in really substantial debt. And I was like, well, next, 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 because you know how we are. Next, 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 next. But finally, I said, okay, Christine, every man in Orange County could not have this trait. I have clients (laughs) that have money. They make money and have money. So, hmm, why is every man showing up across the table from me making money and not having money? Huh. I wonder if it maybe has just a little teeny bit to do with me. Maybe just a little. Maybe just a tiny, (laughs) tiny bit. You know, that's where you kind of sneak up from behind because it can't be us because, oh, my God, what does that say about us? And this is what I call with my clients the shit on your shoes moment because you've been (laughs) sitting there going, there's this smell. I don't know what it is. Is it the people across the way or is it outside the room or is it the guy across from me? I'm like, oh, it's me, (laughs) which is really, you know, ooh, 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 not the happiest conversation. But that doesn't last very long because what I said was, oh, well, if it's me, I can do something about it. So if I think of the mm-hmm. shoes, you can clean them, resole them, buy new shoes. So I said, well, what about me is attracting these kinds of men and is attracted to them? So therapy and crying and writing and seminars and more crying. I said, oh, it's my ex-husband and my dad. They made tons wow. of money and had no money. So unconsciously, which is what I find is the majority of the time when my clients, we look at what the trend has been in their dating life. Unconsciously, I thought, well, this is who men are because that's been my two significant experiences. Well, I know how to handle that. I know what to do with that. And oh gosh, maybe that's what I think I deserve. But I figured out that isn't what I deserved. And Michelle... The very next man I went out with made money, had money. I'm like, oh, it can't be that easy. <laughs> but it wasn't easy, though. You said, you know, months of, of uncovering longstanding patterns that were subconscious. Like, you, didn't, you weren't even fully aware of the fact that these beliefs were in you. And so 
let's talk about that process, that crying period. I don't want everybody out there listening to think that this is going to be this like horrific experience in order to find your next soulmate, (laughs) you know. Tell us about the process. But it is some work. You know, the way I equate it is people say, oh, dating. It's not supposed to be work. We're just supposed to meet organically, and it's just supposed to happen easily and effortlessly. Well, if it was going to happen, that happened when you were in college and surrounded by single people your age. When you get past a certain age and you're now working in the corporate atmosphere and you drive in your garage and shut your door, you have to make an effort to go out and meet people, and you have to have a plan. Because what I then said was, well, let's look at the next trait. So there's always often more than one thing that we have as layers inside of us that's attracting the people that are wrong for us. It's not that they're bad people. It's that they're just wrong for us. And if we're attracting them over and over, there's a reason. So we do some digging. And initially, yeah, it it does feel like, wow, I didn't know that about me. But quickly, it's, well, I could do something about that. And the Mm -hmm. best news is, all of my clients experience the minute we turn this around, which is what happened for me, a different kind of person shows up. Gosh, that sounds so exciting. (laughs) So exciting. Because what I tell them is, you don't even have to believe it to have it work. I'm happy to sit here and believe it for you because I've proven it myself and proven it time and time with clients. I just need you to go try this new way of looking at dating. So what I have them do is I make out a list. Everybody goes, oh, I've made out a list. And I go, well, how's that? I sound like Dr. Phil. How's that working for you? (laughs) So I have a different kind of list that they fill out. And it's much um, more deep about what they really need and want. Because how will you know what to ask for? And how will you know if it's sitting across the table from you if you don't Mm. have a list to bounce it off of? And then the third list, besides what you have to have and what you can't have, is who are you? Who are you? bringing to this relationship. Let's talk about the attributes you have and the parts of your personality that are really valuable and really would be an asset to someone else because we forget that. I think both men and women have a problem really honoring and selling themselves, not in an egotistical way, but just in a secure way. So it's sometimes the hardest list for them to make out of who am I and what do I have to offer? Because if you're going to want this high quality person, you have to realize and honor that you're a high quality person too. So yes, yes, that's part of the work, but we do it together. And when we're doing it, they'll go, oh, it wasn't so hard. Well, you know, some people, I think, take the opposite route. Like they are maybe thinking that they're a little better than they actually are, but they're expecting like the very best of the best in their partner. And so, you know, I think that there's a disconnect. It's like you have to be the kind of person that you expect your partner to be, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I have had clients like that. And these lists are very illuminating for them because it's not that you're worse. I don't know whether the word to use right. because there's you're using no, better. But That's the best word to use. You have, so to, be, it's not that you're you have worse. to be realistic. realistic. You have to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Being realistic is very essential because if you have somebody, let's say you think you are X and you want to attract somebody that's like that, but that's not really who you are. They're going to show up and it's going to tap into your insecurity. 
so you're not going to be your authentic self. They're going to sense what's going on. And what's sad is, especially men, they take it kind of personally. If you're not feeling comfortable and confident with them, they think there's something wrong, that they've done something wrong. It, we both sides really shoot ourselves in the foot. So what these lists do is it gives you this very firm foundation, like building a house. Sometimes people have built their dating lives on sand, and I want you to have it on a really firm foundation. Mm. So being realistic is so essential because then you really do get what you want and need. Let's talk about some of the um, examples of things that you focus on because I think people – some people, at least some of my friends, they'd be like, oh, he's got to be over six feet tall and he's got to have dark hair and like things like that. So how do you help clients to figure out the important things to focus on? Yes. And my story about my recently deceased husband is I would not have noticed him in a room full of people because he was not, I'm using air quotes, my type, because I had originally made that kind of list of this tall, this color hair, this color eyes. But the kind of list I learned to make for myself, which I was doing just to get married, not to start a company. But as I started dating better and my friends all kept saying, how are you doing that? Teach us, teach us. I learned that by filling out a list that was mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. And you have to fill out words that are your words, like if you were putting a meaning, um, a definition in your own personal dictionary inside of you, and then we turn those words into a complete sentence so you could articulate to yourself, to friends, you might say, gosh, do you know anybody like this? And also to express to the person sitting across the table from you what it is you want and need. And it's a very different way for people to fill out a list and look at what they want and need. Mm -hmm. Because when you have articulated, like if you say, lots of women say, I want somebody with integrity. Well, tell me what that means to you. Because I could ask five different women and they might have different definitions than integrity. Sure, sure. So I need you to say, if you say he cannot lie, does that mean even a white lie that would save somebody's feelings. Because somebody who's been lied to in a big way thinks it's never lie. But there are times when a white lie would save somebody's feelings, but they still would never lie about something big. Mm -hmm. So this is why we articulate it. So yeah, they're welcome to put all the physical stuff, but part of the physical stuff for all of us is, how does it feel to hold their hand? What do you mm. want them to smell like? I mean, not like a specific smell, but I, smell is huge to me, so I have to like how the man that I'm with smells. I yes, have to like me how too. he smells. Me so too. that's the kind of thing I kept going, oh, I need to write about that. Oh, because when they'd show up, i go, oh, I hadn't written that down. Oh, I hadn't written that down. Oh, I need to. So when people say, well, how is it going on all these dates now? I go, I learned so much about myself every time. Now, do you find that it's difficult for the men Do you think that the men have a harder time defining (laughs) traits that go beyond the physical? (laughs) No. Because, I I mean, I have male friends, and they're always talking about their type, their look, the look they like. Well, I was a coach for John Gray for quite a long time before I started my own business. And so there's a number of things that I learned through him that helped me articulate. So, yes. A man has to first be physically attracted to a woman. It is essential. 
the women always are funny. I go, what do you think is the first question you should ask when you, to yourself when you go out with a man? And they always go, does he like me? I go, trust me. If he talked to you, if he called you, if he emailed you, if he's sitting across the table from you, he likes you. A man walks into a store, buys a shirt, walks into a store, buys shoes. We shop. Men know this. So they're sitting across the table knowing they already like us, but they know we don't know if we like them yet. So <laughs> we know if we accept, yes, the very first way that men are attracted is physical, but then if we allow them to get to know us better, if we allow them to see our authentic self, the way that a man gets attached and falls in love is to now go, oh, I like how she thinks. We don't have to be brilliant. Mm -hmm. He just has to like how we think. He has to like how we think they think. He has to like how we seem to feel around them. So they start getting attached to us mentally and emotionally this way. But for women... It's like the I know opposite. women will argue and tell me, <laughs> oh, they have to have this look. But truly, when we're honest, we are first seeing how <clears throat> emotionally do we feel about this person sitting across the table from us. We're always pinging like a submarine. How do I feel about him? How's he looking like he feels about me? And then how do I like how he thinks? And does he seem mm -hmm. interested in me? So we've moved out from the mental or from the emotional to the mental so for women, it really goes emotional, mental, physical, spiritual. For men, it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Wow. And if we accept it, this is the way it is. You can wish it was different, but that's just going down a dead end. If you go, oh, this is really how men and women are, then we can use it to our benefit. Yeah, that's great information. Totally. That's so so yeah, so let's talk about a first date. What are some recommendations that you make when a client comes to you and maybe they have not been dating for a long time? Like like you, you were focused on your career for many years and, and a lot of my friends are doing the same and they're kind of like not putting all of their eggs in the dating basket. And so maybe they're a little rusty. Tell us some of the tips that you have for people going on first dates. So the most important thing is I've, I've started using, you're meeting them instead of a date, because it's impossible to have date not get in like bigger font. I think it gets into be like 35 point font, just the word, just the word. It carries <laughs> a lot of energy. So we're not yeah, calling it, it the first date, but for, for the sake of this conversation, I will. But it really does, you can see how much energy, oh my God, it's a date and uh, pressure, pressure. Yeah. So much pressure. And really, you're meeting a stranger. I mean, hopefully you've had an email or a phone conversation that I think that's really great because you can qualify each other a little before yes. the guy's gone and got his car washed and shined his shoes and the woman's done the hair and makeup ritual. I mean, really it's valuable <laughs> to have a little pre time, pre screening. But the other thing is to go, Oh, this is going to be fun. Now this is mm -hmm. such a concept for people because they don't think about it. They think it's this big, huge deal. So I want fun to be in a 35-point font. So if you go thinking, okay, this will be fun. I'm going to learn something about a new person. I'm going to learn something about me every time. It lowers a little bit of the pressure. Because mm -hmm. anything, like giving a speech in front of people or anything that's brand new, the anxiety goes up. So if I can lower the anxiety, it'll help us also be more of our authentic self. Yes, we're always going to put our best foot forward. I have no trouble with that. The other thing that everyone complains about on the first date is 
the man says, oh my gosh, I could only talk. She kept asking me. It was like being on a job interview. I couldn't believe how many questions she asked me. And I didn't get to know her. And the woman says, oh my gosh, all he did was talk about himself. He's so self-centered and he never asked me a question about myself. So my advice for the men, because a man knows that men will say something if they have something to say. It's just how they're built. (laughs) He needs to just accept this is how we're built. And a woman likes to be asked. We feel cared about. Even if we don't Mm -hmm. have something to say, we like being asked. Our opinion, did you have any questions about that? So what I explain to men is the woman's going to ask you a question because she really is interested in hearing this about you because she needs to get to know you better. But then I need you to turn around and ask her that very same question because she wants to tell you the answer. And mm-hmm. you can now relax and stop talking because he'd rather not talk the whole time. And you can get to know something about her. My advice for the women is when you ask a man a question and he answers it, when he gets done answering, say something about, wow, that was really interesting or, wow, I really learned something about you, and let me tell you. So, like, where's your favorite vacation place to go or where's your next bucket list thing? Let him answer, and then you say, and this is the last place I went on vacation or this is my next bucket list thing. Because if he hasn't talked to me, he doesn't know he needs to ask you this question. So just tell because he's really interested. He is interested. He wants to learn about you. He just doesn't know to ask. So this way, when you leave the date, whether you want a second date or not, and this is going to help you decide if you want a second date or not, look how much more you're going to get to know about the other person. Totally. I love that idea of a tennis match. So back and forth. And then responding, responding to uh, something that they ask you, too. So uh, if if the guy's like, you know, what do you do? Tell me more about what you do for a living. Well, uh, she says, I'm an accountant. He's like, hmm. So what do you do in your free time? Like he doesn't re- react to that. If you don't react and say, oh, well, it's, you know, my uncle's an accountant and this is my experience about his life and bo- and kind of expand upon that, then it becomes kind of boring. <laughs> you feel like you are on a job interview. Yes. For the women, we need to take responsibility to tell about ourselves and ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Men generally would like us to do about 65% of the talking. Yes. And the men are happy to answer our questions, but they don't know to ask us questions. So mm-hmm. the men on the call, please ask us questions. We still, we're, you'll just make our day. We'll think you're the bomb. Yes, because you are interested in us. That shows interest. It makes us so feel cared about very much. Totally, totally. And they want, to feel so, this, they want us to feel this way. They just didn't know that was the roadmap. That's what I give right. people, roadmaps, a lot. That's so great. I tell them I'm the so, GPS. <laughs> Which, which stands for what? Um, goal setting and purposeful dating will get you a happy relationship. Equals success. So I want to know about something specific, like the nuts and bolts. Like everybody wonders about how it's supposed to go when the check comes, if you go out for a bite to eat or even just drinks. Who should pay on the first date? So my rule of thumb is whoever did the inviting. Now, I think, and it's been proven out with all my hundreds and hundreds of clients, that generally it's best if the man does the asking because men like to pursue. It's in their DNA and they like to provide. That is very important to them. 
Now, one of the things that's important for a woman is to say, to indicate that if he did ask her out, she would be receptive, to smile, or to say, gosh, I'd love to spend time chatting with you, or wow, you're so interesting, I'd love to know more. How can guys navigate? Because women, a lot of women, are very sweet and very kind, and they smile, and they talk, and a lot of men misinterpret that as flirting. So how can how can you know if it's truly flirting or just somebody being kind? I'm asking for on behalf of the men. The biggest words I say both to men and women is, you don't know this person at all. You can't make them important. They're important people in the world, but they can't be important to you. So if they say no, it needs to mean nothing to you. I do a scale and Everybody starts as a zero, not as a person, but in your life, if you were like in a thermometer. So if this person really is no energy, no importance, and you say, gosh, would you like to have coffee? And they say, no, thank you. Okay, you're mildly disappointed. But if you got it built up in your head that this is really a terrific person and it's going to just make your day, they become a seven. Yeah. Who can really hurt your feelings, but you're yeah. giving them That's power it. they haven't qualified for. That's so important, and I love that point that you just made, because I've seen a lot of guys that I know, they'll wait around and chase one particular girl for years. They'll be just hanging around, allowing themselves to be in friend zone until maybe one day she slips up and hooks up with them, <laughs> you know, and she's not truly interested in, in you. So, you know, it's like I've seen a lot of guys make that mistake, and they do. They put so much power because they idealize that woman and think, that's my dream girl, and I'm going to get her, and I'm going to prove that I can get her. Men say what they mean and mean what they say. I only talk about good men. Bad men I have a very different conversation about, but I'm always referring to good men. And they're so straightforward. And they're Not all men are straightforward. (laughs) But generally, Uh, a good man. The good man is very straightforward. We just misunderstand each other all the time. All the time. If every woman knew that a good man was doing his best all the time, what he thinks is the best thing to do for himself in a relationship, for the woman that he's in a relationship with, to be the best at his job, we think as women they're being self-centered but they're not. Their goal is to make us proud of them. Our goal, their goal is to think, have us think that they really are looking out for our backs, mm-hmm. that they are being kind. They are so confused by how many things upset us when their intention, I explained to them about the impact was so different, their intention, but their intention was so honorable and well-meaning. It's like men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Very much. We speak different languages. So what I am is an interpreter. So when a man calls me and he says, okay, she's mad, and I don't know why she's mad. And I go, okay, tell me what happened. Well, I can see why that would confuse you, because you don't understand. So let me explain you in words that you would understand why she's mad. And he always says, why doesn't she say that? And I go, because she hasn't talked to me. She doesn't know to talk this way. Because 
when we're talking to a woman, when a woman's talking to a woman, we can be very subtle. And we pick up on subtleties. Subtle is not in a man's dictionary. We also think they can read our minds. If they loved me enough, he would just know. And I have confirmed men don't have that superpower. (laughs) If we clearly say, wow, if you did this, I would be so happy. He'd go, it's done. And then if you said thank you, he will do it again. Over Mm. and over and over and over and over. So tying in communication and going back to the first date phase or the first few dates phase, how can, whether it's a guy or a girl, express what they're truly looking for without coming off as desperate or pushing things too quickly and just saying what they want and what they're looking for and not ruining it? Oh, that's so important. Oh, that is such a good point. So One of the things that I help people determine is, so are you ready to date? So you've had some dates and you've been out there dating, or you'd like to get ready to date. You know, we're going to prepare a profile and we're going to look at how to get you out there dating. And then there's the getting ready to get ready. Because some people have been so hurt and they're feeling so lonely and they do have that desperate side of themselves, they need to not date right now. We need Mm. to get them ready to get ready to date because we need to heal the hurts. Because what I learned from my initial experience, who we are inside is exactly what we're attracting. Uh, Over Mm. and over, I've saw it with me over and over. I've seen it with clients. We look for the thread. And when you, it's not like one off if one person shows up like this, but if you have over and over and over, they don't make a commitment. They disappear after a few dates. They talk about their ex all the time. They're (laughs) unkind and impolite to every service person. Mm. There's something inside of you that thinks that's attracting that. And it's not that you're that kind of person, but you're accepting it. You've accepted it somewhere, maybe when you were a child or in your past relationships. And it's a wound. It's like having, putting a bandaid over a wound without putting Neosporin on it. So what we do is we heal the wound because whatever is showing up, it's because you have this wound. And yeah, looking at a wound isn't always best, but geez, don't you want it to get better so this will stop happening? So when you start going on dates and you go, oh, I see the, the trend. Oh, and now look, that's, I mean, the next people that kept showing up, every time I'd see a trend and I'd work on it, the next person that showed up didn't have any of those. So I go, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And my clients finally get to that place pretty quickly of, well, what's the next thing I can work on? Because then the person that's more of a match for you will show up. If you really in your heart want to make a commitment, but there's a part of you that's been hurt in the past, there's a part of you that doesn't want to make a commitment because you think, well, my instincts have been wrong in the past. How am I ever going to judge the right person? I think I'm going to only pick the wrong people. So that's what happens in our heads. And so somebody that's not going to make a commitment is going to keep showing up. But we don't know we're doing that. Does that make sense? Right. So it's about becoming more self-aware and then tearing 
off those belief systems that you've you've convinced yourself of like oh um you know i belong with the bad boy or i i can only be with a guy who's creative or for the men um you know she's got to be a model <laughs> and um, there's good and- reasons there's good reasons it's not that i'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater there are reasons that you have this as part of your belief system so my belief system was very accurate. It had been the men I had experienced in my life. But mm-hmm. now I decided I really wanted to have different men in my life. So I had to say, oh, let me look at that there's men that are different. I do deserve a man that's different than this. I am worthy, which is part of yes. the list of filling out who you are. Because uh-huh. then you go, oh, they do have to qualify, both the men right. and the women. So you're not just going... Well, as long as they're six foot and they always go, we have so much in common. We like Chinese food in the same movies. Okay. I think there needs to be a few more things that you need to have <laughs> core in common in order yeah. to have a long monogamous, healthy, happy relationship. Yes. And that's something that I've learned the hard way. Oh. I've learned that the hard way. Like it's always about like, oh, we both do music. Oh, we both love to go hiking. Oh, this seems great. We have a lot in common. Oh, we're able to have fun conversations and laugh and talk. Um, but then when it comes to the true value oriented stuff, like spiritual beliefs, beliefs about family, that's where the disconnects start to happen, at least for me. And And so it's like, oh, okay, so I really need to dig deeper in all of these other areas, like true core value stuff, and stay away from like, whether or not this person is just fun to hang out with, because that's not enough. It's not enough. And that's why you have to write it down, because we forget. Yeah, we get on the date, and we forget. So then once you have this list, we create questions that don't sound like interviews. I mean, my friends would say, how do you find out all this about men? Because I didn't say how much was in your bank account. I would never have said that. That's crass. But I would say, where do you go on vacation? And gosh, how do you plan for that? And the ones who said, Mm. I just put it on the credit card and I don't care if I ever pay it off. I learned. And it was okay with them to do that. And I accept that it's okay for them. I didn't think they were bad people. But I could now say, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't fit my lifestyle. That doesn't fit the comfort level I need for someone to handle their finances in my life. So we create questions that are just, I want to get to know more about this person to see, do I want to have a second date? Do I want to have a third date? Because if we only go on, yeah, they're funny, or yeah, they like to hike, the other stuff's going to rear its head eventually, and they become a higher number before they've qualified. This way you qualify them before they get to be a higher number. Mm. People, oh, it's not very romantic. And I go, well, how romantic is a broken heart? <laughs> and so that's a great segue. What if you've had your heart broken many, many times? You've gotten, you've gotten hurt and then you become a little jaded. And then you start to almost see red flags too quickly. You're like, oh, red flag next next and you just keep pushing them out could that be potentially a positive thing because then you're less attached to a result or could it be a negative thing that you have to work through and open your heart again to the potential of meeting someone great the benefit is it will keep you from falling in love with the wrong person the detriment is it will keep you from falling in love with the right person Mm-hmm. When someone's been hurt over and over, there's a castle and there's a moat. It's been filled with man-eating alligator, woman-eating alligators, and there's a drawbridge that's tight and men on top of the turrets with 
arrows and 5,000 soldiers with sharpened swords around you. And they go, "Mm, yeah, I guess that is kind of what it looks like. Well, I'm glad you've got them there. Because if only bad people are showing up, if you're only getting hurt, you need all those guards. So what I do is I say, I'm never going to have you take any of those guards away, but I need you to start having additional ways of checking people out, of not giving your heart away too soon, of having a way to listen to your instincts. Because what we think is, well, my instincts are, tre- trust, are treating me wrong. I'm not, I can't trust my instincts anymore. But when we really look back, if we're really honest, men and women both, women have an even more honed instinct, but men have them mm. as well. Yeah. There were, from teeny little inklings, as Oprah used to say, a tap on the shoulder to a whole house falling down on your head, but we ignored <laughs> them because of all the chemistry and all the things we perceived we had in common. So I go, really, if we look back, wasn't your instinct going, no, warning, Will Robinson, really? But we didn't Oh, that just just happened to me. I felt like, no, there was a big N-O in my entire system. But I was like, you know what, maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm not giving this person a chance. Maybe I should give him a chance. And I did, and then it ended up being a complete disaster. So it's like women and men definitely need to trust their instincts because they never, never steer you wrong. And so whenever I get that feeling where I'm like, no, I'm not really interested in being romantic with this person. I just want to be friends with them. I have to stick with that going forward. I can't push back on that and be like, no, maybe I should give them a chance. Maybe I'm just being a a bee, (laughs) you know? Because you've learned it doesn't work. It does not work. Just how we are. I've I, done that I tell twice. people you get a pass for everything that's happened in the past. It's been a really good learning experience. It's given information for us to do now. Anything we go, okay, here's how you could do it differently now. It's never to give yourself a hard time about what happened in the past because right. that's how we learn. How many times exactly. did you crash when you were learning to ride a bicycle or locked up sure. your phone when you were... It's, people think dating should be easier than everything else they've ever learned that's new. Well, it's not. It's just as new and everything new feels awkward and hard and challenging. You have to actually consciously think about it. But it's so worth it because it's your heart. It could Mm -hmm. be your love for the rest of your life. And the thing about, I talk about flags on the field. So is it a yellow flag? Is it a pink flag? Is it a red flag? If it's a yellow flag, you're like, I think I need more information. But I'm not going to step back. A pink flag you might step back just a little step because you might be getting a distorted view of this person. So you need to step back a little and get more information. And a red flag, you go, bye bye <laughs> Yes. And we try to yeah. be nice. We try to not hurt people's feelings. We, and men and women both. The thing that women are always saying, why doesn't a man tell me why he isn't, didn't call me back? And every man I've asked, and you have to really hear this for two reasons. Their first reason is they don't want to hurt our feelings. Truly. That's really their first thought. Their second thought is we're going to argue with them. Even if they explain this is the reason, like if we were to be really clinical and here's my list and there's the things on the list you don't really fit, we'd argue every time. Mm -hmm. So that's why they don't call. That's why they don't tell you why they're not going to call. But they really, first thing, don't want to hurt your feelings. Because every man that I have talked to, a good man, I'll reiterate that. Yes, the good man. very first priority, and majority of them are, 
majority of the men, there's such a tiny population that will meet personally that are not good men. And usually they have something diagnosable. You know, you could find them in one of the... In addiction. Books. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the anyway, ones who on. are just generally guys, good guys, out in the world, working, providing for their families, wanting to meet somebody to love. Their first priority when it comes to women is, how's she feeling around me? Is she happy? Is she doing okay? I mean, every man walks in the door and goes, how's she doing? Is she upset? I want her to be happy. Mm-hmm. How do I do it that I don't step on the landmine? Because their second priority is, how do I not piss her off? And <laughs> women constantly say, I know he did it just to make me mad. And they don't do it. They don't do it to piss us off. They don't. I know. I have lots. I can hear women they can be screaming on the other end of the phone. But I will have them tell me, okay, one of the first assignments I give women when I start working with them and men, for this whole week, I want you to pay attention to men and women having what you consider bad behavior. Write it all down. And I will call out bad behavior because sometimes they really are having bad behavior. They really are. They're not bad people. Their behavior was, was inappropriate. But the majority of the time, I can say, hmm, no, what if it was because of this reason? Now, you can argue with me, but they don't. They go, oh, I never looked at it that way. I never thought of it that way. Because the goal that happens, and men love that I tell them this, if a woman starts looking at a man of not making excuses, but, oh, he offered me help, not because he thought I couldn't do it, but because he wanted to provide for me, that it's in his DNA, that he wanted to make me happy, that he thought if he helped me, I would be pleased. That if that's really the truth, and I go, and if you're with this guy, is he a bad guy or a good guy? No, he's a good guy. Well, then this was his intention. By the end of a few conversations like this, these women are now looking at men differently. And the best Mm -hmm. thing I can say is those men will start acting differently. And when I have men go, oh, so the best thing I'm going to teach you about men, you asked me to teach a thing to men. So every man says to me, I go, what's the hardest thing? Well, she keeps wanting to complain about the same thing over and over. And she keeps not wanting to hear a really great solution. And I go, I get that. Especially because I'm a woman and a coach. Picture a woman who's driven home from work and she gets home and she goes, oh, the traffic and the rain and somebody ate my lunch and the boss yelled at me. So the guy goes, oh, I really want to help her. We're going to assume, because I know this for a fact, but the rest of you have to just assume, he had a good um, reason for wanting to make you feel better. And he went, so have you tried Google Maps so that you wouldn't have hit the construction? And we go, you're not listening. You don't care. I can't believe you're saying that. (laughs) What do you think? I'm stupid that I didn't try Google Maps? Everybody's experienced this. So then, Mm -hmm. after she's now gotten upset. And everybody's okay about doing this. this. This is our normal thing until you learn there's another way. So then the guy goes, oh, well, I was really listening. I thought I came up with a good solution, but how about waves? Waves would be really helpful. I can't believe it. That's not helping either. You're just <laughs> not caring. And everybody gets really loud and screams and thinks that'll be better. And everybody nods. So I tell men, 
Now, every man that's listening to this has to hold up their hand. I make everybody do this. I make women do this too because this is a secret, secret superpower that you can only promise to use for good. Because we've come in the house filled up like a glass of water that's to the tippy top. You couldn't even put an eyedropper of water in here. There's no room. Think of the pressure in this glass. And the reason women talk is to feel better. Men talk to share information, to talk about an accomplishment, or to ask for a solution because they've tried to solve the problem on their own. And they expect if you, they tell you a problem, you'll give them the solution right away. So if we pretended that women think men are women with just more hair and muscles on their body and men think women are just men with less muscles and hair on their body, the man thinks when we say we have a problem, we'll think it's hot stuff that he gives us a solution. But it doesn't work that way. So if you go, oh, she's a glass full of pressure, there's no room for my fabulous solution because it is a good solution. I need to just listen because when I listen, she will start dumping the pressure out. So if you say these three little words, which are, tell me more, and I love this when men and women are in a group and they're looking at each other, every woman's face goes, oh. (laughs) Yes. Then we go, in our heads, unconscious, he cares. He really is interested in what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So if you just have to accept we're different. So every time she stops and you say, tell me more, more water gets dumped out of the glass. The pressure's going down. She's starting to feel better. Pretty soon she'll stop. We really do. We run out of steam and think we're going to talk forever, but it's because they keep interrupting with their fix. If you let us get all the way down, we will say, gosh, I feel better. And mm-hmm. then we might actually say, what do you think we should do? Then you can offer your fabulous solution. And because we feel better, we're drawn forward to you. And we go, he really cares about me. I want to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. I have men that call me back because they go, I don't understand it. I go, you don't even have to understand. But let your brain rest while she's complaining. Keep saying, tell me more. If she asks for a solution, give it to her, and you call back and tell me if it doesn't work, and we'll come up with another solution. And every time they call back, and almost in a whisper, they go, it worked. (laughs) Because men don't work this way. That's why I like explaining. And a tiny little thing for women is, if you asked, if a woman asked another woman, could you take out the trash for me? She'd do it. There wouldn't be any energy around it. But here's a thing for men, the same thing about the tell me more for women. If you say, could you take out the trash for me? Somewhere in the back of his head, he's not thinking this consciously. He goes, now remember, he wants it to be his best for us. He wants us to think he's smart and is capable. He goes, does she think I don't know how to take out the trash? Does she think I don't know where it is? Why why would she say could? Tiny thing. (laughs) Tiny thing. Of course course I can. I'm just not going to do it now. I'll do it when when I want to. Well, it's not even that. He's just confused. But if you said instead, because we have to accept we have different dictionaries, if you said, would you take out the trash for me? He'd go, okay. It's that simple change between could, could you, would you. (laughs) Well, sure. You have to think, oh, right, we're talking to a Y chromosome. Oh, I'm talking to a 2X chromosome. It's as basic as that. And then the the best thing you can do for a man after he takes out the trash, you say, thank you. Thank you. So why did I t- tell him thank you? I go, because don't you want him to do it again? Because he wants 
you to say, I liked it, because then he'll do it again. He's mm-hmm. waiting. Women, if there's any women listening that have raised little boys, little boys are always saying, what can I do to help? What can I do to do something for you? Because they want to provide even when they're young, and they want you to notice and say thank you. And every man I talk to, I go, could we ever over-appreciate you? And to 100%, they have said no. Yeah. See, I've only come into contact with the men who who don't want to provide and want me to provide everything. So this is foreign to me. And so I love this information. <laughs> Hopefully it'll shift tell you my what days. happens. Now, there are men like that. Absolutely. But the yeah. other thing that happens that's going to sound really foreign, like the tell me more thing makes meds, men's heads hurt. This is going to make women's head hurt. A man would rather do the work and jump over the hurdles and earn our attention. But if we move forward and do it, they go, okay, they're not being lazy. They say, you want to do the work? Okay, I'll wait for the, when you give me work, when you give me something to do, and they're not being snotty at all. They, if you think about the cave times, they'd be at home, asleep on the cement couch, and they'd eaten and peed, which we don't do as women. They take good care of themselves because at any moment, there's this huge animal outside the door. They have to jump up and take a club the size of them and go out and kill it so that it doesn't kill his family. So he's protecting them. And he has to bring home food because if he doesn't provide, the woman's not going to have sex with them. Well, and that's great. This is like the standard good man again, once again. But I mean, I've had guys who don't have that protective instinct at all and would allow any monster to come in. And guess who's going to have the club? Me. Not letting you date anybody else like that again, Michelle. (laughs) Everybody in L.A. County is not like that. Everybody in Orange County didn't not have money, but I was attracting them for a reason. So Mm -hmm. that's what we have to do. What is it about me? Because we can do something about it when we figure out what is it that I'm responsible for. I'm not saying they're not being shitty people, but in order to not have shitty people in your life, you have to figure out why they're coming and why you're letting them. No, totally. Absolutely. And I love all of this stuff. And I'm sure that everyone out there listening is like nodding their head and being like, yes, I've come across all these situations, like from what Michelle's complaining about to what Christine is giving examples about with the groups that she works with and the the couples that she works with. And also, I encourage everyone, Christine is cool enough that she's going to offer you a free coaching call. So go to theperfectcatch.com. That's theperfectcatch.com. And uh, check out all of the information on there, reach out to her there. Get going with your dating and relationship advice, right, Christine? Oh, absolutely. And I offer an eight-week course, and what I've taught in this time together is only the first week. So if this is at all interesting, if you think, wow, that might be helpful for me, you could sign up for my eight-week course because every week is filled with this much helpful information, this way of looking at people differently, of finding different, a way to have different kinds of people come into your life that are better qualified for you. I, and I, when I do one-on-one coaching, we work together for three months. But those are the people that are really fast, happily dating because they are concentrating on how am I needing to adjust the way I look at men and women. How do I need to adjust the way I'm looking at myself? If you are your most authentic self, if we've done work to get you to your best self, 
they need to qualify for you. But it's in the most wonderful way. The way we get bitchy is when we don't understand we have that power because we feel scared. We feel insecure. We don't feel like we can choose. We don't feel like we have the right questions to ask. And then we're really scared. And the option to scared is stand up and fight or run away. And neither one of those are going to get you love. Because you don't want to stand up and fight and run away from the right person. And I see, I did, I will tell you, I could name three men that I turned away who were wonderful men. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready. Yep. Me too. You know, I love this. I want everybody out there listening, get yourself ready and work with Christine. She's fantastic. Theperfectcatch.com. Christine, it's been awesome chatting with you. And and thank you for sharing some details from the first week of your eight-week course. And I hope that some of the NOL listeners will reach out to you today and get some assistance. Me too. Me too. It's my pleasure to have talked to you and your listeners. My joy. My husband used to say, aren't you exhausted at the end of the day listening to all these people? I go, absolutely not. Because all of my conversations are filled with hope. They end up, oh, it could be different. I really could do something proactive in my life to have love finally come, that I could love someone and have them love me back for who I am. Yep, the hope leading to total comfort, and we all want that. You know how to do it. You are the expert. So if you can help others, then you can certainly help yourself. And I know you're going to have the next great relationship in your life. And I hope that everybody out there listening gets theirs. And I certainly hope I get mine too. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you, you, Christine. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.